scripture because I hear it as the very essence of what we are to be to one another. But somewhere, somehow, fear of other and differences has taken over the pureness of love, the very love that we were all born into. As Christians, we are called to love one another just as we are. Be love. It's a verb. It's a calling to action. Beloved, it's a noun and an adjective expressing who we are to God and who we should be to one another. It seems right to share this inspired scripture today, this divine word, on a day where we learn about differences and the challenge of being born different. We need to honor the courage it takes to stand in the face of norms and say, this is who I am, this was how I was made, and God loves me, I am loved and beloved. We celebrate all of God's beloved. We need to hear all of God's beloved, and yes, sometimes we will be called to defend God's beloved. There are those who believe only in a binary life, that there can only be two ways, a right and a wrong, a man and a woman, a good and a bad. God is great, and greatness will always be larger than opposites. Greatness is a vast spectrum, a massive spectrum of creative energy and love, and it is our responsibility to honor the spectrum. So with no further ado, I'm going to introduce Chuck, who's going to tell you a little bit about our guest today. I know it's written in the bulletin, but I am not the chairperson of the Open and Affirming Ministry. <laughs> that job belongs to Virginia Highstone, and Virginia, your job is safe. I don't want it. <laughs> My name is Chuck Lukowski. For the past year, I have been a member of Glenbard Voices of Equity, a support group for transgender students in the Glenbard School District. This group regularly meets here at FCCGE. In the past year, we have made strides toward achieving equal rights for these students. With the support of the Illinois Safe Schools Alliance and Youth Outlook, we have gained momentum. We have met with school board members and the superintendent to explain the need for a coherent administrative policy towards transgender students that guarantees the students a safe place at the school. This is important because some students don't get any support at home. But what is also important is the transformation I have seen in these students. They have grown from shy, timid kids who are afraid to speak out to confident, poised young adults who are both capable and willing to tell their story to anyone who cares to listen. And what is that story? Every morning, they wake up knowing that they may be ridiculed taunted and bullied by their peers, and even by those in charge. 
yet they show an immense amount of courage because they persevere. All they want is the same basic human rights and privileges that each and every one of you enjoys. They want to live their life in peace without fear of being bullied or ridiculed. On behalf of the students, I would like to thank FCCGE for its past support and respectfully ask that you continue to support these young people in their quest to obtain what rightfully belongs to them. Hi, uh, I'm Scott Garrett. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, I started the last one by saying that uh, normally this time in the morning, I'm a, a teacher at First Church of uh, Lombard, UCC, as the confirmation teacher for 17 seventh graders. I don't know what they're doing this morning. It should be really interesting. Uh, my poor co-teacher. Um, but uh, we're here, and, and thank you for having us, not only today, but also on a regular basis for what's a, a special day and a special weekend. Um, I wanted to thank you for having us here. My, my goal today is to tell you about my, my journey as the parent of Cody and uh, what I've learned along the way. And uh, probably the best place to start this discussion is at my beginning when th almost three years ago, Cody gave me a note, gave both of us parents a note saying, I want to be called Cody. This is who I am. And it was the morning as the bus is pulling up on a school day. There was no time. Quick, get on the bus, I'll read this later. And it was a frantic morning in a lot of ways, but we eventually kind of put our brains together and tried to figure it out. And the first place we went, we talked about the faith community being supporting us, our own faith community. Our pastor, Pastor Jeffrey Phillips of the First Church of Lombard, uh, we went to him. He, he's gay. We can ask him. We know about this. And so we went to him and says, what, do you, can, what can you tell us about transgender? You're gay. Tell us. And I learned right away something new. Some of you are laughing because you know what was new. Uh, he, say, he said very eloquently, those of us in the LGB community know nothing about tea. And I was, my mind was blown. I thought I had a handle on this. I have a lot of gay friends. I have this. I did not have this. Uh, I learned a lot along the way. In the past three years of meetings and groups and counselors and doctors and a lot of other people, I learned a lot along the way. I learned that uh, right away from Pastor Jeffrey that this isn't the same thing as the LGB. In fact, there are all these other things going on. Uh, it was once explained to me uh, like a fictional person with uh, a head and a heart and body parts and so on. And the T is, as it was lightly explained to me, is what's going on in your head? Who do you feel like? What is going on in your brain? Do you feel that you're actually male? And this is not necessarily related to the heart. That may be a male or a female heart. Who do you love? Who, do you, who are you attracted to? That's another part of it. Uh, what were you born with? That's what the doctor looks at, and, and that's what they stamp on the birth certificate. And all too often, we don't know until many years later what it really is all about. Uh, the last little element, and there are so many facets, is how do you express? How do you dress? What do you wear when you go out in the world? And I've met so many kids and adults who are just all over the place in this mix. And it was very informative. I learned a lot really fast that transgender is mostly the head. And that really threw me. Uh, I learned a lot of other things too. I, I thought this was something new. You see it on TV, it, it used to be a punchline of some sort and now it's not and you go, okay, I get it. It's something we're just discovering or whatever. No, it's been around forever. It's just hundreds of years ago, there was no word for it. 
These were people who grew up and were sad and depressed and didn't have a word for why they felt different and sadly lived sad lives or didn't finish their lives. And that's breathtaking. And many times this lack of support is at home. They, they don't feel it at home. Their parents are outright hostile to them, and they're rejected immediately. And th this was all part of my learning. Uh, as a parent, though, there's a lot you have to do, it just, not just in raising a child ordinarily, but what do you do next? And so there were meetings to go to. There was doctors, not necessarily to change, but just find out what's going on. Find out what is this, and what are our next steps? There were meetings with counselors. Uh, one of the first things a parent says is, is this a phase? Maybe you say it out loud, maybe you say it in your head, but you say, is this a phase? Let's talk to a professional. And the professional said, go with it. Okay, that's what we do. Uh, there are support groups. There are support groups of other parents like myself and other kids like Cody. And invariably, a lot of these support groups are at houses of worship. They're in the church basements on the weekends. They're uh, in the weeknights at various churches. So I'm a part of groups that meet here, as we've said earlier. I meet uh, with some kids and parents at uh, Naperville Unitarian Church. I'm up in Arlington Heights at a Methodist church. I'm just all over the place. And it's invariably as it has been throughout the centuries with slavery and women's rights and everything else, the church is often a place where this starts. And I want to again thank you for having us here. But it was, it was a very big learning experience for me. So not only did we have to meet with each other and meet with professionals, we had to meet with uh, courts to actually get a legal name change because invariably the school where your child spends most of their life has to respect that. So what do you want your child to be called? You have to see a court probably. So there we were at a court getting a name change. And then of course the schools. As I said, your child spends so much time at the school and you have to make that as easy as possible. So you meet with school administrators. When Cody first came to us, within a couple of days, he said, let's meet with the school. Let's find out what we can do about bathrooms or just using the name that the child prefers. If the child is born Michael and wants to be called Mike, call them Mike. If the child's born something else and wants to be called Cody, go with it. School was not accommodating. At the tail end of sixth grade, we found out that the middle school that we were already going to said, we don't know what to do, we won't do it. And we immediately, through just the grace of living in an area where this is possible, we found a, a very accepting private school, where for the two years that Cody finished up middle school there, use whatever bathroom you want, we'll call you whatever you want, it's all right with us. It's a phenomenal experience. Here we are in high school. We started all over again. And now we know what to do, I don't know. Uh, where the group meets here, we talk with uh, people at the school, we try and talk with each other and find out what can we do to make a change in the school. And it's, it's moving along. Things are happening slowly in the public and the private sphere to make this work for us. And it's getting better. Um, but there are still things to do. But throughout all of this, as a parent, what you often are is you are your child's caretaker, your child's advocate. And so in meeting with courts and doctors, and school administrators and all these other people. What you are is you're your child's leader, your child's teammate, and invariably you're on the same team. And that, that is a bonding experience, certainly. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I don't know, I guess the one thing I, one thing I wanted to add up to the, uh, this as well is many times people say, did you have any clues? Did you have any hints? Was there any warning at all that your child might have been different? No. No, there was no change. One day, this is who I am. The next day, this is who I still am. Cody, 
from the beginning to the end has been interested in the same things. There was no sudden interest in race cars or guns or whatever it is boys are doing now, or what I did as a, as a boy. But uh, Cody has always been Cody. And so there was no warning before. There was no obvious warning after. Cody is just Cody, and that's, that's what we do as parents. But again, I'd like to thank you all for having us here today and like to thank you for hosting us on a regular basis. And uh, I have nothing more to add. Cody has a much better story. Thank you all. Uh, hello, my name is Cody, and uh, I'm 15. I go to Lombard East High School in Lombard. And uh, I'm assuming a lot of you guys are allies of trans people from what I've heard, but even if you disagree with what I have to say, just know that you can disagree, of course. You can have your own opinions, but I just want you to hear me out and see that this is how I see the world. And how I see the world is last year, 23 uh, trans people were killed because they were transgender. And it's it's just, it's a painful reality that some of their killers were never brought to justice because I don't remember what the name of the law is, but it's called the panic law or something where if you kill a trans person, you can get away with it by saying, oh, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but that's a thing that happens in some courts because they just, they just don't understand that that's a, it's a hate crime, and it's a, such a horrible thing to do to people, as, as you obviously know, I'm sure. But um, it's this idea that you can get away with it because they don't understand the full gravity of the situation. And it's in TV shows and movies, it's shown as a joke where a guy will bring a girl home and she turns out to be trans, and it's the, that's the punchline, basically. But in real life, it's not a punchline. It's a harsh reality for that woman that she's in danger when stuff like that happens. And it's this idea that it's not a serious thing, that trans people are sort of, they're, they're like a joke in a TV show or they're like just a group of people that they don't have names or faces, they're just a group. In 1969 was the Stonewall Riots, which was the start of um, liberation for gay people in the US. And a lot of people forget that being gay was illegal up until like the 70s. And I just, when I learned that, I was just blown away because it's, I'm lucky in that my family and my friends have all been supportive. Even if they say, wait, what does trans mean? When I explain it to them, <laughs> they say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I can do that. They understand. And I think that's the most important thing is allies and how they understand. Because if you're not understood, especially since a lot of transgender people are teenagers, they come out when they start puberty because they realize something's off, you know, like born in the wrong body, that's when you notice a lot of the time or is very, very young. But people come out at all different times, but a lot of people come out as teenagers. Like, I've seen it. I know a lot of trans people, and a lot of them are teenagers. And they already struggle with identity as teenagers. Like, you talk to any teenager, they've got something going on in their head about, am I this? Am I this? And as we're sort of becoming more and 
more accepting of different sexualities and stuff. Like, like I, when I first learned what gay meant, it was presented to me in a positive way. And I think that makes such a big influence on people. But if a kid is like, let's say they're six, and they were assigned male at birth, and they hear, and they start thinking, am I a girl? And their brain is confused, and they don't understand. And then they see on the news, <laughs> their president said, trans people shouldn't be allowed to serve in the military. Or North Carolina passes a bill that says that trans people can't use the bathroom of their choice. It impacts that person so much. What they see, what is put out there, it impacts them. So they see that and they think, this is what the public sees of me. They see me as dangerous. They see me as this and this and this. And again, what I mentioned before with the whole, they're seen as like dangerous, they're seen as other. And this reflects in schools and jobs. And if you go to school and like we were talking about where we went to our middle school and they said, we don't know what to do with this. If they had told me, you have to use the woman's bathroom. But I started telling all my friends and new people that I met that I was a boy, and then they see me walk into the woman's bathroom. I have to explain that to them. And I don't want to explain that to people. Not because I don't want people to know about trans people, but because I don't know what their reaction will be. If they don't know that I'm trans and I tell them that I'm trans, they could have a negative reaction. Like I said, it's a dangerous reality. Even, even if my school is super liberal, everybody that I know is super nice, there's always gonna be one kid who starts saying transphobic stuff in class or homophobic stuff in class. And this, that creates a, an environment that makes other trans people scared to come out. And I'm, again, I'm lucky. I'm pretty confident in myself. I can, I'll tell people that I'm trans and if I get backlash, I'll just ignore them because I just, I've come to terms with it. I've realized that there are people who support me thanks to Youth Outlook and Safe Schools Alliance and stuff like that. Those people will openly say, I support you. You can talk to me. You can listen to me. And last time I talked, I got a lot of people saying that to me and it really, it really means a lot to hear people who like, if I'm the first trans person that you ever met, I think I'd be okay with that because I'm here to answer questions. And if I can tell you everything that there is to be about being trans through your questions, then that's great. That's a success for me. Because all I want to do is to have you understand what daily life is like. Because it's, it's really, it's a mixed bag pretty much where like, when I first went to the private school, before I came into the class, my teacher told everybody in the class that I was trans. That's a bad thing. <laughs> you, like, I didn't, I didn't know any of these people, and they already knew something that I keep private from people that I don't know. Like, random people that I meet, I won't just tell them, you know? So why would you tell somebody else? I've had people tell my friends what the name that I was given at birth was, which is about another big no-no. But <laughs> I remember I saw a clip from a modern, from modern family. I'm sure you might have heard of that one. But um, there was a trans kid in the show. And 
it was great, except they were telling each other what the kid's name was when they were born. And that's, I think that's, it's not, it's like, it's private information. It's not something that you need to know, and it's not something you need to tell people. And if a trans person says, this is what my birth name is, then great, now you know it, you know? Like, but if you ask and they say, no, I don't want to tell you, people will push. I've had people be like, come on, tell me, come on, it's not a big deal, you know? It's because I'm not comfortable with it. And I get, like, sometimes I'll get questions about my body, and, like, I'm 15, you shouldn't be asking me these kinds of questions. <laughs> and it's, it's just this issue where it becomes, like, I don't think it's an issue of trans people not being seen as human, but they're seen as not men or women. They're seen as less respectable, I'd say. They'd, their boundaries are crossed. Like, like, if you see a pregnant woman, people will put their hands on their stomach because they're pregnant. Would you do that if they weren't pregnant? Like, don't touch them. And that's sort of what it, be <laughs> that's sort of what it becomes. It becomes this crossing of boundaries because once you find out oh, they're trans, oh, I can ask them questions about stuff that they're not comfortable talking about. And that's what it ends up being. It's, this scene is less respectable because they decided to tell you this part of themselves. But that doesn't mean that you have permission to dig deeper into their mind. Um, another big issue is um, in my school, Gilbert East, I was told when I talked to one of the deans of the school, the student dean, I think student resources, he told me I should use the nurse's bathroom. Now, <laughs> Glenbard East is a pretty big school, and the nurse's bathroom is on the first floor, and I spent a lot of my day on the third floor. <laughs> so it would take me 15 minutes to go down, use the bathroom, and come back up. And that's, that's a lot of time <laughs> to spend in my classes, and that's valuable time when I could have just walked 10 feet to go to the men's room. And it just becomes this idea of what's the issue? Like, what are you afraid of? Like, if I use the men's bathroom, <laughs> what's going to happen? Because a lot of the times trans people are seen as not men or women, and they're seen as other. Even to people who say, you were born this way, you will always be that way they're still seen as other because they have this, <laughs> they know, you know? And when you know and nobody else knows what you're thinking, it becomes really hard. Like when you're trying to explain a point, but you can, you can tell what the word is in your head. There's a word in your head, but you, it's on the tip of your tongue and you can't, you can't quite say it. That's what it's like, like all the time. And even to yourself, you can't even explain it. It's just this feeling like, I'm sure a lot of you can think in your head and think what your gender is. You know, like right now, just think, what gender am I? You, 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 you know it. But a lot of teenagers go through this phase where they have to figure out what their gender is, which is something a lot of people don't have to go through. But they have to, dis, you know, they have to pick a side, as it were, where they, they don't know what to choose. Or they, they end up in the middle somewhere and they're like, but this isn't a thing, people don't, this isn't a thing. And that's called being non-binary, actually, where you are a gender that isn't male or female. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things to be, because you're seen as other. Because you are other, you are separate from the norm. 
And that's what a lot of trans people are seen. They're seen as separate from the norm. And that's why there's so many issues with bathrooms and military and like work environment and all that. It's because they, we, people who don't understand it see them and think, wait, but how can you know? You know what I mean? Where people know, they just know. And I think that's one of the hardest things to explain. And if I'm gonna leave you with anything, I'd leave you with, if somebody says, feel free to ask me questions, or you say, can I ask you a question? And they say, yes, of course. Don't hold back on your questions if they're okay with answering them, but don't, ask, don't push them to answer questions that they don't wanna answer. And I'm just so happy that a lot of you people are supportive and it really helps us climb the metaphorical steps with somebody behind us giving us a little help every single step. So thank you for that. So who wants to hear more? If you want to, if you're interested in more about this topic, there will be a panel discussion held in the chapel immediately following this service. And we're even going to feed you. We'll give you lunch, too. So if that's not an incentive to come, I don't know what else is. Also, there will be a screening of the movie Gender Revolution, which is about transgender people, on January 22nd at 7 p.m in the chapel. Thank you all. <laughs>